Welcome to Marriage in the Middle. I'm Ricardo. And I'm Tiffany. And we're grateful you decided to hang out with us today. This is a place to encourage and unite our marriages in the highs and lows of the thing. And today, we want to talk to you about identity. Yeah, we hear that word a lot, maybe. What is your identity? Do you have your identification? <laughs> you know, all those different ways we think about who we are. And, you know, when someone asks you, who are you? What are some of the things that come to mind? Is it your career? Is it your, um, like, what you've done in your life? Uh, your personality? What you have? All these things maybe that you share a little bit about yourself. I know I have. But we all do at some level. But there's a deeper identity within our marriage even as individuals. We have an identity in our Heavenly Father. We wanted to talk about that and what that means for us and how that really impacts you in every relationship you have, and especially your marriage. Yeah, identity is something that we always come back to and that I talk about for our Inspire gatherings that I do for the Inspire Shop. That's a main focus is knowing who we are in Christ and living from that spot. Because when we don't know, it's that insecure spot when we don't know who we are. And having that secure attachment to God as well. We've talked about attachment in the past uh, a past episode. You can go check that one out. Attachment and marriage and what that looks like in our relationships. We really believe when you have this identity and you realize you are, for example, a child of God, as the scriptures, compl- uh, the scriptures tell us often, that when you live out of a place, out of something like that, for example, that it really helps you behave and act out in a different way, right? And it's going to overflow into every relationship and into your marriage. So we do. We just want to take some time to talk about it today and be able to encourage you in this area that when you begin to work in this place of identity with God, and we have some good tools and resources to help come alongside too, to help you understand what the Word of God says about who who you are and who I am and who Tiffany is. And how we have chosen as a family more recently to reiterate that we're going to live out of this place of identity in in Jesus Christ. And that'll be our identity always. Right. Because I'm sure you can think about a time when someone has spoken something over you. Something negative, right? Like maybe you weren't good at a sport or you weren't good at running or you said something weird just and those (laughs) things like stick Uh, like the negative words stick more than a positive words like i forget what the ratio is but however many like negatives that you hear then you need like so many positives yeah i've heard of that it has to do also with like when people speak to you about something the negative you hear negative pretty quickly (laughs) naturally we do as humans Right. And so those things really stick in for our identity. And then it can be like, I'm not good. I'm a failure. And maybe you've heard those words. Maybe someone has called you a failure. Maybe it could have been your spouse or how you're not good at something. And so those things can really stick. And when we stay in that mindset, then we're not going to be able to go further. We're not going to be able to have growth because we're believing those things that people have spoken over us. And those become part of our identity and we're living out of that place. And so as we change and recognize that those are not truths, like maybe they described something in the past or maybe um, something that we have done, or maybe they were just totally not true and people just spoke those over us um, anyways. And so thinking about even where the place of 
those words came from and then where you are now mm-hmm. and just letting them go, even if they were true, maybe at a time. Yeah. And something that comes to mind when you were just saying that is an example in the counseling world, um, especially in family therapy, there's this some, something that happens called projective identification. And it's this idea with a child specifically, how a parent and as parents, we can project identities onto our children. And what I mean by that is that we could have, say, for example, you really, really don't want your child to be someone who is, um, is selfish. <laughs> You're just like, that's something that's a mindset of yours. We all don't, we all don't want our kids to be selfish, right? So maybe like, as they grow up, you find yourself saying things like, man, you're, you're really looking selfish right now. You're really doing this right now. And it's so selfish. And you just like, you start to coach and parent and discipline all around this big idea of selfishness. And suddenly your child is really selfish and grown up and is an adult and is selfish. Honestly, it happens a lot because of this projective identification of us as parents putting on these things that we have good intentions with sometimes. Like we really don't want this to happen and we get so overly cautious about it. It's like that we get that projective identification, if you will, from our parents, from our world, and we own it. And we have the choice to wear it and to live it out that way. But we also have freedom and a choice to choose our identity in Jesus Christ. And when we begin to live out of that secure space, it's freeing and it's the best place to be. And I've I've been finding myself personally transformed by this living out of this place of knowing who Jesus is and who he says I am and who he could say you are too. It does say you are. And you have to, it's something you have to own and it can be hard. So when we live out of this place of our identity in Christ, it really changes us. And we're really focusing in on this as a family right now. And we would encourage you too as well. Yeah, it's like a topic that really had came up for us about 10 years ago. Uh, we were still newer believers, and we were doing a Bible study, a Sunday morning Bible study. And one of the exercises was to read Who I Am out of uh, Neil Anderson's Victory Over Darkness. And I had never heard of him. I never heard of this list. And so uh, Neil Anderson, in his book, compiled a list of about 30 different statements that talk about who we are in Christ. And it's all Uh, from scripture. And so he rewords it, putting I in the context of the scripture. So I am Christ's friend. And he puts the verse reference after each one. And so we had to go around the room and we read our names instead of I. I remember doing that. It was just this overwhelming recognition. Like this is not where I'm living out of. Like this does not feel right. <laughs> this is mm-hmm. like yeah. One of them's like I am a saint, and I remember reading that, and I was like, "What?" Because to have an idea of what a saint is, even you're like, "Oh, like a perfect person or something." And I know what you mean. I <laughs> I remember the same thoughts. I was like, "This is so not true." You know, there's, there's different identity pieces that God proclaims over us in Scripture that we so quickly reject or just jump to conclusions with. And something we will do, uh, we do have a list that Tiffany and I have created um, that's similar, and that we uh, we did connect the scriptures as well, and we'll read that with you. And that being said, as we read it later, I want you to think about which one sticks out to you. And if it's like it happened with me, 
it'll probably be the one you think, man, I am not that person right now, or I'm not that. And that's where you need to lean into prayer for God to really embed that in your heart and in your mind and help you live it out. Yeah, our identity is a powerful thing. And you can even check out over on the Inspire Shop. I have a few few videos about just our identity in Christ um, and how that really plays out within mm-hmm. our lives. Uh, but one of the analogies really that the Lord had given me about our identity, it's if you think about going through the airport, you have all of your luggage and you're going up to security and then they always ask you for your identity. So they're going to need to see like your passport. They're going to see your license, like to prove that it's you. And so like you go through all your stuff, but you can't find it. And so if you can't find your identity, you know, they won't let you through the gate. They won't let you to the gate and they won't let you get on the plane to go to the place that you had planned to go. And so when we think of our identity in that context. We are not able to do the things that God has called us to do because we're going to be stuck there with all of our baggage, all of our insecurity, and we are not going to be living in that freedom to proclaim um, just the truth of the gospel mm-hmm. because we're living out of our insecurity. Fly away free. I don't know why I just keep thinking that when you said that, like getting on the airplane. Yeah. It's like freedom. It is freedom. Cool. <laughs> you get to go somewhere. <laughs> it's like stuck at security. Dang it. Yeah. But God's given us the identity right all along too. So it's like, we don't even need to be stuck there, but we get there. Exactly. And so we really... We really have to be at that core of knowing who we are in order to live in freedom and do the things that God has called us to do. Mm -hmm. Because so often we can say, like, I I couldn't do that. I could never do that. And we see people doing things, but really we're stuck in our own insecurity and we're not living out of that power and authority that Jesus has given us. Like, we have the same power that raised Jesus from the grave in us through the Holy Spirit. And that's something that I've just been reminiscing over lately just that the truth of that because it's so powerful that we have the same power in us uh, that raised Jesus from the dead like I can't even fathom really what that means Um, but I have seen God do some really cool things through his power that only he can do and so with that I would never have been able to get there had I not known who I was in Christ had I not focused on who God was and I think when we recognize that it's it's really when we are able to say it's not about me and I'm able to walk in humility and do things that God's called us to do. Cause a lot of times those things are not going to feel great. And sometimes they're just weird and awkward. Um, just when we start living out of the faith and people won't always understand it, but mm-hmm. that's when God will move and we'll get to see him do really cool stuff. But we need to be in a spot where we're standing firm in our identity So we recently purchased our first home. And so as I was just really praying and thinking about how I wanted to decorate the walls, this was the home that we looked at that I really had no idea what I wanted to do with it, just the way the layout was. Um, And so it's the one that we ended up purchasing. And so I've just been toying around different ideas. And as I was praying about it, I recognized in our previous house that I really had not focused on scripture as much as I used to it. At our another house that we lived at, I had a whole like prayer wall where I could just look up throughout the day and just be reminded to be in prayer and to pray. And so as I came back for this home, I knew that that was what I really wanted to 
to see. And really what I want my kids to see, because now we have two and a half readers, <laughs> our kindergartners learning how to read. And so as everyone is reading, I want them to be able to read scripture and read the truth and be reminded who they are in Christ. We tell it to them verbally, but it's also just to have that reminder and to be able to read it um, and see it. It's just that different way of processing things. And so I have been working on putting up a wall uh, that has our identity of Christ in them. Uh, for the Inspire Shop, I had created an identity passport. And so I'm taking all of those statements that I had prayed through and and really sought God on what he wanted in those verses. And I'm putting them, uh, I'm chalk lettering them on a different... <laughs> Lots of chalk. Yeah, mm -hmm. on different pieces um, of boards and putting them up. So that way we can see that and that will be the focus in our room of who who we are in Christ and being able to live out of that. Mm -hmm. Because I can't say how many times I need that reminder <laughs> because, you know, the enemy is relentless. And when we, I think, look at the core of that, we come back to that insecurity of and forget forgetting who we are <laughs> in Christ. Yeah, it's true. And it's such a beautiful project that you're doing. I so appreciate you doing it for our family. And for those who are going to come into our home and they're going to see this truth just right, right before their eyes. And of course, it's a tool. It's something that's going to be on the wall. And if it just sits there, it does nothing. But the reading of it and the dwelling on it and, and taking it in over the years of our kids growing up and us in our home, knowing who Jesus is and who we are because of what he's done and what he's doing in our lives is so vital. So how does our identity affect our marriage? What are practical ways? How mm -hmm. am I going to see an improvement in my marriage if I have my identity in Christ? Um, something that uh, research has shown, especially in family systems therapy, uh, uh, family systems uh, theory, is that a family, when they're together, one family becomes anxious, for example, one family member. So say, say mom or dad comes home anxious and from work had a really rough day at work comes home anxious immediately the anxiousness is felt in the family like it's felt in the spouse and it just the words that come out and, and just the feeling in the room and all that stuff comes out and it goes into the spouse honestly it like becomes that spouse becomes anxious so the system is already kind of being thrown off and the next thing that happens if there's a child in the home typically the anxiety ends up lying on the child it's sitting on them and, and unfortunately it could get stuck in someone in the family it could get stuck on the spouse it could get stuck within a child if you will just to kind of say i'm giving it calling it it but it's not it you know it's this anxiety that rises within us but that being said on the flip side on the positive note like when we live out of this place of jesus christ as and that we know our identity it flows through the system it flows through our family and through our marriage and when you know you're a child of God, when you are a saint, you're one who's set apart, that you are that you are one who has the power of the Holy Spirit living within you, that you are forgiven, that you are loved and, and beloved, all these beautiful things and promises that are so true, and you live out of that space, it starts to flow through the system of your the whole family, your spouse first probably, the closest person to you, and then into your children. And so this is why it's so vital to know your identity in Christ. Some of the best things you can do to help your marriage is to get right with God and to spend individual time with him 
also need to spend good quality time with your spouse, obviously. And especially if you're in a hard place right now, it may be hard to even be connected to each other. This is the space where you could connect with God and allow yourself to become more and more like him in, in this over this time and to come back together, understanding who you are. Man, that's going to make you someone who is humble. That's going to make you someone who, who is gracious, who is able to forgive, who is able to stand up for oneself, to love fervently. All these beautiful things will happen out of the outflow of the identity. Think about how you, as an individual, view yourself and others view you and your spouse views you all affect your marriage. It all of every bit of it, right? So if you think you're a, let's say it on the, like you're the bag of chips and you got it all together and you're the best one in the family and you know, you're the provider and you're always right. <laughs> like that's your view of yourself. That's going to affect every relationship you have. It's going to affect your marriage. It's going to probably cause some bitterness and frustration in your marriage and, and really just start to, disintegrate because of the narcissism that could be happening or on the flip side if you think you're a failure and you're like a really terrible person and you don't know how anyone could ever love you and that um you're just unlovable and no one could ever care about you man that's going to so affect your marriage your your spouse is not going to be able to reach you and be intimate with you and you're going to have a hard time letting them in and trust with trust and so there's just so many different ways or maybe you're just pretty even keel and you know what, your spouse is pretty cool and you're cool and we're just going to get through life and, you know, they're pretty compatible and I really like them, they look good and they make me feel all right and meet my needs. Like, that's how your relationship's going to be. It's going to be this basic, okay, settled kind of marriage. But if you have an identity in Christ and you know the truths of who you are and the good works he has planned for you, the fact that you are his child, that you are loved, that you've been adopted by him, that you've been called to do his work in his kingdom, that you're a new creation, that you're strong, that you're called to love and serve others, that's going to so flow into your marriage. And if you live out of that identity, that's the kind of marriage you're going to witness. You're going to see someone who gets to rub shoulders with someone who's like Jesus. Who doesn't want to be with someone like that? And it's not about being, oh, look at me. I got it all together again. I'm like Jesus. It's more like I am I am just so blown away by how, what he has done for me and what, what he's named me and what he's proclaimed over me and who I am that I just want to share it with you as my spouse. So, yeah, that's where I would go. Practically, that's what it looks like. You would start seeing your spouse outserve you. <laughs> you would start seeing your spouse be gracious towards you. You would see your spouse speak truth to you, too. That means sometimes truth, you know, they say that it hurts, right? That means that you would see a spouse who really cares for you. And when they see something in your life that's hurting you and your relationship with God, they're going to call it out. So there's all kinds of beautiful, tough, but, and, but the best things are going to happen in your marriage practically when you start to believe who you are in Christ and your spouse starts to believe that, too, and know that. Right, I think like the motive, you'll start see changing and and mm-hmm. stop like going into those. If you're seeing maybe a negative view of your spouse before, um, really be able to see the heart behind that and why you were feeling that way. 
That's a super good point. If you know that your spouse wears the same identity as you, it also causes a shift in your relationship. Big time. Yeah, and even recognizing that that is how God sees your spouse as well, and that we are called to live out of that area, even if we don't always see it ourselves, but treating others the way that Jesus you know, treats us and seeing them in that same way. It's not easy all the time, but that is uh, the spot I think that it moves us to, closer to. Mm-hmm. And it is a process. It really is a process to understand our identity, to believe and lean into it. And our identity gets mixed up and messed up sometimes. And we we don't carry it with us all the time. We leave it at home or wherever. Yeah, it's like the first, you know, when the enemy tempts in the garden, you know, Satan tempts Eve. He says, you know, did God really say that? And I think that's really like a key phrase when we think about our identity. It's like, did God really say that about you? Like, could Mm -hmm. God really love you? Could God really believe that you are worthy, that you are holy? Or even those questions of could your spouse ever see you as that? And so those kinds of thought patterns, really like the enemy can go in on that side. And so when we think about our identity, we have to know and believe it even before we see it because God already said it. (laughs) And so when we believe scripture, like that is what we are called to believe about ourselves as well. And living from that, like we're not going to be stuck where we are now. God is continuing to move us as long as we are following the spirit. You know, the spirit is inside us to help us, to guide us and to produce fruit when we are walking in um, obedience to the Spirit. Mm -hmm. And so that's going to continue in this identity process. We have to believe it and live out of that spot of who God says we are, not who we say we are, not who someone else says we are, but who God says we are. And that takes faith. It takes faith. I just love what you said about like, you may not even believe it yet. Or you may not even, something like that. You said something along with like, you, you might have to say it. It's so true. And that's the beautiful part of this. Like we get to, this is where we get to grow our faith muscle, if you will. And that we take this identity on. And I just keep thinking of a parent-child relationship. And how we are the ones who believe in them. When they don't think they can, you know, do A or B. That happens so often, right? Whether it's like your kid's learning to, to ride their bike. I mean, that's one of the big ones for my kids. I remember they would be like, I cannot do this. Every one of them said that, you know, I can't do this. And we really had to believe in them for them to believe in themselves. And it's like God has done the same in our lives. Like he really believes in us. Like he's really placed his trust and identity within us. And now we have to take a step and believe this truth of who we are. And we start to become, when you start to believe you become, it's kind of backwards in a way, to what society says. Our society and our culture kind of says, you are what you do, you know? Like, who you, what the things you do and the way you act out is who you are. Uh, in the Christian world, or the world of God, God's world, I should say, and His Word and how He flows things out is, it is what He says we are, and then we end up living out of that. So may we find our identity in that place. We wanted to... Definitely share the Identity Passport from the Inspire Shop with you, which has this list of who God says you are and truths to proclaim into your life and into your mind and 
into your heart and your soul and honestly into every area of your life as you read it. So I pray this this is a gift to you. Go ahead and remember and notice the ones that stick out to you as we have found prayerfully that when this happens that God is speaking to you about the specific identity piece. And maybe this is an area where you felt inadequate or there's no, like, you thought, man, there's no way I could be that. Let God speak to you and say, yes, you are. As it, because I say you are. Not because of who you are, what you've done, but because of who I say you are. And who he proclaims you to be. So, Tiffany and I will take turns reading through it with you and just pray through it. I shine as a light in the world, holding fast to the word of life. Philippians 2, 15 through 16. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Philippians 4, 13. I am free in Christ and will not submit to a yoke of slavery. Galatians 5, 1. I cannot be separated from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans eight thirty eight. I am Christ's friend, John fifteen five. I am an overcomer. I will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the words of my testimony. Revelations twelve eleven. I press on toward the goal, for the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Philippians three fourteen. I lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and run with endurance the race that is set before me, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of my faith. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. I will not grow weary of doing good, for in due season I will I will reap if I do not give up. Galatians 6, 9. I will not fear, for God is with me. I will not be dismayed, for the Lord is my God. He will strengthen me and help me. He will uphold me with his righteous right hand. Isaiah 41, 10. I am loved with an everlasting love. Jeremiah 31, 3. My body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, whom I have from God. I am not my own, for I was bought with a price, so I'll glorify God with my body. 1 Corinthians six nineteen through 20 I do not have a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. 2 Timothy 1, 7 I am not anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, I let my requests be made known to God. The peace of God will guard my heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 6-7 God will supply every need of mine according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4.19 I am chosen by God, holy and beloved, so I'll put on a compassionate heart, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Colossians 3.12 I set my mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. Colossians 3.3 3. I am kind and tender-hearted to forgive, or to others, forgiving them as God and Christ forgave me. Ephesians 4.32 The word of Christ dwells in me richly, teaching and admonishing in all wisdom with thankfulness in my heart to God. Colossians, or sorry, Colossians 3.16 I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Psalm 139.14 God will never leave or forsake me. Hebrews 13.5 I am born of God and he protects me. The evil one cannot touch me. 1 John 5.18 I have gifts to serve and build up the body of Christ. 1 Peter 4.10 
I am a temple of the living God, a masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus for good works, prepared in advance by God. 2 Corinthians 6, 16, Ephesians 2.10 I have been reconciled to God through Christ and entrusted with the message of reconciliation. 2 Corinthians 5.9-20 I am a new creation in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Christ has made me his own. Philippians 3.12 I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Romans eight thirty eight thirty nine. I will think about whatever is true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, and worthy of praise. Philippians 4, 8. I am strong in the Lord and the strength of his might, putting on the full armor of God. I do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against the rulers, authorities, cosmic powers of this present darkness, and spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. I take up the armor of God to stand firm. Ephesians 6, 10-13 I pray that you will take what we just read, and as I have every time I read this, or we read this, it's always impacts us in a big way. And I pray that you would see which piece of the identity you want to focus on. If it's all of it, which is great, print it out, put it on the wall, put it in your wallet, wherever you got to do, have it on your phone. Write it with chalk all over your house <laughs> and allow it to dwell in you and become who you are. And as we close our time with you, we want to go ahead and pray over this identity piece that you would own it in yourself first or as a couple and challenge you and your spouse wherever you're at in your marriage right now to read this together, to take turns just like we did. We do this often. Sometimes we'll go by for a few months and you know, over time we'll be like, you know, we need to read this again and we'll take time to read through it. So we want to pray over you that you're encouraged by this and that you would take it. And this will be a tool that becomes a reality for you and that you would live it out in your marriage. God, we thank you for who you are, for all those who are listening. We pray for, we pray for the spouse right now that is just in such a hard place where they don't know their identity at all. They're lost because maybe the marriage is just in such a hard space. We pray for you to reveal yourself through this this resource that through your word which is beyond all all power god and all thought of mankind it's it's your word it's what you proclaimed and i pray for that for that spouse that you would encourage and love and that also is pray for those marriages who are rebuilding or need encouragement right now or even in a good place, that this would be a spot where we could reanalyze who we are in Jesus and live out of that and begin to see all our relationships, starting with ourselves and you, into our marriages and those who are close to us and our families and our neighbors. And may this overflow your truth in us, Jesus. We pray this all in your, your mighty name.